0: Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Level Up Cleveland. And this week we have in house with us Mr. Michael Copenhaver, comedian extraordinaire, locally. If we like to, if we like to call him. He's uh, he's one of the, the better ones in the area. And uh,
1: but here's the weird thing about that: I'm more well known outside of Cleveland than I am in Cleveland.
0: Like where? Where would you say you're most famous for?
1: Albuquerque, New Mexico. Mexico. That's my spot. Really? So not just down the road. I just booked another week of headline out there in August, August 20th.
0: How do you get started out there? Like, how does that happen?
1: Uh, I was on tour out there last year. Uh, Another comedian invited me along to feature for her on, uh, let's see, we did nine cities in 14 days in three states. And uh, one of my spots I did out there, there was a uh, comedy festival runner. She saw me and said, "Listen, you don't need a tape for next year. You're in. Just make sure you call me and remind me." Gave me her number and her card and everything. So that's thanks to that trip last year. I'm doing uh, the Four Corners Comedy Fest at the end of September, beginning October, out in beautiful Durango, Colorado. So now Colorado.
0: Now what happens if you fall in love with Colorado? Does Albuquerque, you know? No, you no, know? no, 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 how do you no. Know, I was though? in
1: Durango last year. And <laughs> oh, Alba- so you've been there already, you yeah, already? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was there already. Scouted it. Albuquerque is awesome because of that dry heat, man. Oh yeah. I mean, you know, so what it's an it is Arizona here. type.
0: It's a, it's that Arizona type thing in a way, right? It is,
1: but it's high desert. It's elevated. It's up in the what mountains, and to- I'm a mountain guy. Oh, so we're like 5,400 feet out there, and that dry heat. Plus, it's not like really, really hot. It actually snows for a couple of months. Because but you're that's the there. thing I like it about there. Like winter only lasts ten to twelve weeks, and then it's done. Oh shit! In April, when I was there. Uh, I don't know. I was there in March. It was already hitting the seventies in March.
0: So that's, so is, is, that the draw though? Is it the weather? Is that what you're, is that what doing? The... Oh, that
1: was a lot of it. Uh, when I was out there, it just didn't seem like the strongest crop. So I thought, you know, this is a great spot to set up tent and, uh, make a name for somewhere else. Cause I've been wanting to go West anyway. I've lived here my whole life, and I love the Buckeye State. I love my Buckeye people. I hate the Buckeye weather. The three <laughs> best reasons to get out of this gosh darn state: right, December, January, and February. <laughs> yeah. Get me out of here! It's I true. hate it.
0: It's true, man. It's true. Um, as far as far as going, what are the people like there? Is is like in New Mexico versus Ohio? Like, like you know, when you're especially for the comedy crowd and stuff like that. Is it? Do you notice that people laugh at different stuff?
1: Yes, actually, I did. That's a really good question. Out West, I got a joke. Uh, I call it suck it. And any of your listeners who have ever seen me live know the joke. That's the punchline. It's suck it. And out West, they hate that joke. Really? Because uh, they're jokes, all right? So I did not expose myself to a kid for real. But in that joke, there may I, I wouldn't either confirm or deny that I showed my genitals to a kid in a joke. In a joke. Right. It's not a, a totally Doesn't mean true it story. A lot of that story is true, though. That's the thing. That's what I do. I tell. I don't tell jokes. I tell stories out of my life. Sometimes I add some extra details because it just punches them up, makes them better stories to tell. Right. But every one of the stories I have comes out of my life. So there it, are nuggets of truth in every single thing I talk about. So if page. we
0: had like a pre-thing a, a, pre, a pre thing for every one of your stories, it would say, based on a true story. Oh, exactly. It would, it would, on, yeah, it would say, on. right,
1: okay, I got you. You got to Hollywood it up, you know. Add a love little bit. story. Yeah, hit that left turn.
0: Well, you, you do. I was, and they're not all funny. They just all. Some of them are just great setups, and then you got to make it funny at the end. Sometimes I would imagine,
1: right? Well, they are all funny, and that's the thing. <laughs> when I say about punching them up, right? Sometimes you realize that the story doesn't have a lot of funny in the middle or in the beginning, so you might add an extra detail that may or may not be totally true or an exaggeration. You exaggerate something for comedic effect. And that's how you punch the story up. So, like, I have a joke. uh, I call it Sparta. You ever seen me? You know that joke, too.
0: I have. I've seen this. I've seen that. I know the
1: Sparta joke. The very first time I did the Sparta joke, it took me about 35, 40 seconds to tell it. And it wasn't that good, and the beginning was just all set up and no jokes. Now it takes me two and a half to three minutes to tell, and it's funny from start to finish. Yeah, you have different little. It's one of those laugh, okay, okay, laugh, okay, okay, laugh. And then the punchline, when I got you dying.
0: So that's what is that is that the key to be, to comedy I, as far as like now you find a, a little something that's funny and then you guys, comedian now takes that one thing and they try to make as many fucking jokes out of that one thing that they can drag it out until you ring that thing out for every inch of it's worth exactly before you right. move to the next one?
1: If you're good at what you do and you work your time, like that joke, it started that like that. I could have still be doing that joke the exact same way if I didn't know how to learn from myself and from the audience. Right. I mean, every minute I've spent on stage, I have a degree in secondary education. Oh. That's a fact. Does that help I have you? a Bachelor of Science in Education. I'm $100 a one simple test away from shaping young minds. Lose sleep over <laughs> that one, Brian. Lose sleep over <laughs> that one. All right? And uh, every minute I've spent on stage is more important than college.
0: As far as lessons learned?
1: Yeah. I mean, I've learned more from me and taping myself. Like, if you're an up and coming comedian listening to this thing, tape yourself. Even if it's an open mic, tape yourself and watch yourself. You're going to hate it, but do it and learn from what you see. Yeah, yeah. Learn from what you see. Don't tell the joke over and over and over the same way. Like, that's how I meant by working your material. If you're really working your minutes, you don't tell that joke the same way over and over and over again because it's not perfect the first time you tell it. That's a fact. Bill Burr will tell you that. Joe Rogan will tell you that.
0: Yeah, right. Well, and, and what t- do you have a place around here where you can work out your material and before you take it out on the road? Is there a place where you can go and.
1: Oh, yeah. And like they got the music store. You talk about
0: Rogan. You talk about the music, the music store and all that stuff that he's constantly talking about. And comedy store. Comedy store. Music store. <laughs> I got comedy store that he's constantly talking about and stuff. Um, is there places around here that you can work out your stuff, your material, like that, where it's like that freely, that open, where you can just do it? I don't oh, yeah. know there's open mics places and stuff, but.
1: Yeah. That's what you do. See, if I'm getting paid, which nowadays I almost always get paid, I'm not going to do new minutes at a paid show. It's just not fair. So I'll, I'll still hit the open mics if I want to work out a new idea that I really want to get stage ready. I won't put it out on the stage, like, for pay, but I'll work it in a room with with a bunch of starter up-and-comers. I don't care working with those guys.
0: Now, you said everything comes from your own personal life. Now, do you, So to get new material, do you got to reflect on yourself and think up stuff that you've forgotten about? A lot How of do, times
1: I, I drive a lot. I travel a lot. I sit around a lot, you know, partaking of the medicine. And uh, <laughs> I'll just, inspiration is what hits me. If I'm on the road and something hits me, it's like, oh, man, yeah, that's funny. I forgot about that. I'll pull off and make a mental note of it or whatever, uh, talk into my phone, make a note out of it like that. Uh, take notes always. If you're that was my next question, in, so that you oh, do yeah. that. Oh, yeah. I can't. Shh. I'm 48, brother. I can't remember everything.
0: Yeah, so do you, do, how often do you refer to your phone notes and stuff like that where you're like, ah, do you just you need to write new material? You just pull it yeah. out, and you're just like, ah. Or is this something that you, is ongoing, yeah. constantly
1: adding Let to? Let me tell you how profitable that was once. We're going to go real-time through some of my... Notes that didn't make it fast <laughs> enough into uh, working on it from the stage. And they are still there, but they are never to be worked again because I can't make heads or tails out of them. Let's go through some of these notes. I'll, I'll tell you the note. And so you don't even know what the hell you're talking about. Exactly right. Here's one. Hallmarks of Insanity.
0: <laughs>
1: Pat on the spot. The note is Hallmarks of Insanity. I have no idea what was going into that, but at some point that was a good idea, and I wanted to work it, so I wrote that down, and now I have no idea. <laughs> Here's another one. Uh, I'm like that table in the basement. Calcium deposits and cow teats. <laughs> the hell does that mean? Not,
0: uh, right. That means nothing to me. Are you a, are you a big drinker?
1: <laughs> not a big drinker but i would i do only drink when i work
0: so so there, it's possible i mean yeah but these aren't these aren't when you're just working this could this could have happened at any time during the day these notes pop up
1: most you, of these happened when i was driving
0: so you're not drinking and driving
1: you no 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 no, if you no, were
0: no. you wouldn't tell everybody
1: no i don't period i don't drink and drive I got you. my uh, my driver's license gets me across the country to do stuff i cannot do that i much. understand that totally how about this one? Shittiest circus ever. Homeless guy with a bird. <laughs> well, that actually. Now, wait a minute. That was a that story one can... someone else told me about, and I couldn't believe what I was hearing. <laughs> but I don't remember what the story even was other than I think she said her mom took her to the circus, and it was just this guy playing with a bird. And I thought to myself, that is the shittiest circus ever. <laughs> Her mom was buying drugs from somebody in an alley. Meanwhile, this homeless cat was playing with a bird it's probably trying to catch it, skin it, and eat it. <laughs> so, yeah, th- that's how useful those old notes can be. Now I go off my newer notes. I take more detailed notes and the moment. That way I can remember the beats.
0: So this has a a lesson learned. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, those, yeah. Those
1: notes are probably four years old now.
0: I got you. I got you. I got
1: you. And they've never been worked, and that's why they're just lost to time.
0: <laughs> well, that, that, so is that is that how you operate though? Do you, are you always adding on to stuff, or, or do you create a new hour, or what,
1: what, how, how often do you go out there? Well, right now, I don't have anything taped, other than just small, short clips, things like that. Yeah. Uh, so I haven't burned my first hour. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna burn. I'm gonna use this hour as long as I possibly can before I co- record it.
0: I got you. I got you. I got you. And, and you can and you can hone it in and perfect it as much as you have to. And, and that's plus, what I've
1: been doing. Like a lot of these jokes have been worked on for a minimum of two years.
0: Are you ready with stuff though? I mean, do you have stuff that you kind of been holding on to and like? Uh, a
1: little I've bit of got kind of some thing? stuff that I only do in certain kinds of rooms. Oh, yeah. Like you can tell if it's a Trump room or if it's a Democrat room. Yeah. Yeah. Is it I would like that? say Republican and Democrat, but it's Trump and Democrat now. Yeah, it is totally. That's what it is. If you're
0: if you're not a Democrat, you're a Trumper. That's it's, that's by rule. It's Weird, isn't it? It's by rule. Um, so, but but, what do you find that it's that rooms are literally divided like by that? I know I know I know we try to stay away from politics, but I I do I am curious. Like, do you find that if you go into a room, it's like mostly one or mostly the other? Like, have we lost? The ability to be, like, together in a room? Are you thinking? Is that...
1: I have seen, see, here's what I do, and I, this is where I'm blessed. I don't divide rooms generally because I don't say anything really all that insensitive, any all that evocative. Right. I'm pretty vanilla as far as a comedian goes. I'm funny, but I'm not trying to dig at this or dig at that. I don't really do religion stuff. Yeah, right. I talk about my life. Like, my first hour, it's going to be called Meet Michael Copenhaver. That's just, it's all about me. And the different things that got me to today. Right. And every time I'm on stage, it's not always the exact same show. It's like a lot of the jokes are the same, but I mean, in the moment, you uh with experience you call audibles in the moment. Like that, like I was telling you earlier before the show started up. Uh, I walked into a room and I was prepared with a very, very different 15 minute set than I did. Because when I showed up, I had that one ready to go, and then I saw the makeup in that room and said, huh. These jokes are garbage in this spot. They're all out the window right now. And I yeah. called an audible in the moment, and I killed. And they loved everything I did because I just tailored it for what I was about to, you know, do for that room.
0: Is that is that what do you think separates a lot of the comedians, though, like the ability to do stuff like that right there? Oh, well, that's... I mean, isn't that huge? Wouldn't that be because then you, I mean... Eliminating the amount of times you bomb seems to be a, a pretty good
1: thing in this business. Absolutely. <laughs> but to be fair, you learn a lot from bombing. Really. Yeah. If you win every time, you're not learning a lot. That's correct, right? That's a, failure is the way to, to learn. Unless you're doing what I did, taping yourself. I don't care how good I did for that crowd. There's something I'm not happy with. Critiquing it. Oh, absolutely. If you're not honing your craft every single time you're on stage, you're just hobbying it. You know, you're doing it for you because you like it. It makes you feel good. But you're not really going for it. If you're going for it, you're working. But if you will love it, you don't. It ain't work.
0: Yeah, and, and is that what happened with you? They, like what one open mic night, and and you just said, and you and, and something clicked that first time, and that was it. Like 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 uh, gambling. You know, like you know, like these people that just so happened the first time they bet they won, and then that was the reason why it got its hooks in them. So, so is that is that what happens? I mean, did you say that's what happened to you?
1: Well, I talked about it and I wrote for eighteen months before I actually did it. I was writing, coming up with stuff, just hitting. So stuff you're preparing the yourself for what? And for- yeah, and I'd been a student of comedy, like when I was before even teens, listening to Eddie Murphy with my older cousins, before I was even in my teens, and uh, I've just been a student of comedy ever since, Carlin. I mean, all the big ones, all the big ones from back in the day, Cosby, they were huge influences. And watching those over and over and over again, you really learn a lot about what makes people laugh. You learn a lot about stagecraft and being in the moment, really commanding a crowd. It's like uh, one of the biggest compliments I get is the way I work a pause and my facial expressions. It's Like this one lady in, a, in the crowd, she was right in the front row. I was in the middle of one of my sets. She's just like, stop, stop, stop with your eyes, with your faces. I'm going to pee my pants right now. And do you think I let up? Hell no. That's
0: exactly what you want.
1: That's the energy I'm dying to get from you. Thank you for noticing. That's what I do. I bring out my best to bring out your best. You come to see me, I guarantee you you're going to have fun. Because I have fun doing it. And there's a difference between people who are just up there And people who are good at it and comfortable enough with it and then comfortable and confident in their self enough to just have a great time being your entertainment for the evening. There's no pressure. Like people see me pacing back and forth thinking I'm nervous. I'm like a caged animal waiting to get at you. Yeah, I, that's I heard, what it is. It's like okay, the openers up, all right, and yeah, then I start rocking in my chair. Then the feature gets up. Now I'm pacing. It's like come on, I'm ready to go. I'm ready to go. Yeah. And then I'm fortunate enough to where I can pick and choose who I work with in a lot of situations. So I don't work with weak comedians. So I know they're going to get a good show start to finish. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. worth the ticket price.
0: Yeah, that's what you want, right? And, and exactly. And if you're you opening up for somebody, you know, as long as you can hang with them that's that's really you know that's what you really hope for that you're both just blow away together and you have one unbelievably great show you push
1: each other and you help each other all at the same time well
0: that, that because that's gonna go over well better as far as the word of mouth goes all-around great show is what people will talk about
1: absolutely if, you right. know
0: if you just blow away the guy who's the headliner that doesn't necessarily even do you that much good in that case you might be better off if you blow both
1: just blow explode and that's, that's exactly it you know i mean a lot of folks will do that they'll populate a show with weaker comedians so that when they get up there they, look they feel like it, it
0: elevates them it's like it's like it's like when uh mediocre chicks hang out with fat chicks right i mean it's <laughs> the exactly Duff, the dumb ugly yeah. fat friend
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's exactly like that
1: it is exactly like that yeah. but what they don't realize is in a lot of situations what happens to the audience is they get fatigued by watching so much poor comedy that by the time you're up there, yeah, they might appreciate you more and realize you know what you're doing more, but they've already been dampened. Yeah. You already threw a bucket of wet water, yeah. cold water on them.
0: Yeah, energy. It's all about that energy. You know, when people come into a, a, a comedy show, you, a lot of times, you know, they're in the car talking. They got themselves all worked up already. They're coming in ready to laugh, and when some guy comes out and just lays a goose egg man and just sucks, Now, you got to come in there. I mean, it could do you well. You don't know. I guess I'm sure that there's a lot of times where that energy carries in. There are tricks. Yeah, but, I mean, I I could see what you're saying, though. Now, it's like an obstacle now that you got to kind of overcome now that this person kind of left in the way, you know.
1: Well, I'll open a show. I don't give a damn. Put me anywhere you want. But realize that if you put me as the opener to your show, if your people aren't killers, everyone's going to be disappointed after your opener. Yeah. You have to really be careful the way you populate a show and the way you run that show, the way you order that show. That all, that all goes into it. But I got off on a tangent. You were talking about my first time on stage. That's what I was doing for about 18 months back to the thing. <laughs> okay. We'll run back. It was about uh, 18 months I was writing and stuff, and then some friends of mine egged me on. They're like, listen, you've been talking about it forever. Let's do it this Wednesday, right. or we never want to hear about it again. So me and some friends are riding up there, and I'm such an egotistical dick. That I really, in my brain, these guys are ragging me the whole time. You're going to suck. You're going to bomb. You're going to freeze. Ah, it's going to be hilarious. But in my brain, all that's just ping, 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 falling. Yeah, I'm not I'm listening kill. to any of it. Exactly. I'm going to be like this guy. They're like, oh, my God, where's he been our entire lives? They're going <laughs> to just think, holy cow, where do where yeah. can I get him to sign this yeah. comedy contract? Yeah. Because he is a god. Where's his albums? That was my mindset. And it helped. <laughs> Because in the middle of that first five-minute set ever, I did say out loud into the microphone, this is a lot harder than I thought it was going to (laughs) be. That's real. I really did that. And uh, I knew going into it I was either going to get addicted to it because it was going to be something that really made me feel good or it was going to be a terrible experience and I was just going to eat shit and never do it again. Yeah. I was pretty sure I wasn't going to bomb, and I didn't. I did not bomb my first time on stage. I felt like I was, but I was getting last. I mean, I've seen that tape a few times. I hate watching it, but it's it's a good reminder of where you come from. Like, you start believing in your own hype. Yeah, right. Watch that first tape again and remember, Yeah, this you is are true. not God, stupid. Yeah, right. You had to learn, just like everybody before, you had to learn. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. And believe me, I'm not... I'm good. I'm really good. I'm worth money. I believe me, I know. I've seen it from enough crowds in enough cities across this great nation. I know I'm worth the money. But I also know I'm not going on anybody's best comedy ever list yet. I got a lot of work in me yet to go, but I'm gonna put that work in and I'm going to be somebody's favorite comedian out there. Somebody I'm not putting it to. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just <laughs> so a fan. That, just a fan. that
0: genuinely wants to um that's the thing about comedy, though. Like, is it that, that's what makes it kind of to me a strange thing to sometimes to select is, is what you're going to do because very few people of anybody, I mean, almost never may, can can work this thing out in a couple of years. This thing usually takes like a decade, and then you're like, oh, I think I've heard of that guy. You know, it, it it's to become nationally known. It takes fucking forever, and it doesn't even matter if you're a killer. Like, you can be a killer, but. It just takes time no matter what just you to can get, get to get spots,
1: that. but it's hard to get notoriety. Yeah, to, to get it to that. It is rough. But I mean, once you hit that first rung and you get that one person to believe in you and give you that chance, and then you blow that chance out of the water, it's like, don't blow it up, but fucking kill that spot. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Right, right. Be ready. If you're trying to push for something more, make sure you're ready for it. I knew I was ready for it. I was way ahead of the game yeah. right out of the gate. I mean, if you watch those first seven clips, I think it's my first through seventh time on stages. I, uh, in my very first time in a competition, went to the finals.
0: And yeah, I saw you. That's, that's, on, that's on YouTube, isn't yeah, it? Like, yeah, 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 that's
1: yeah. right. You can watch my early, early journey. A lot of those jokes aren't even in my act anymore at all. But some of them are, like uh, Sparta. But yeah. you won't see that version of Sparta. It's, it's a way different. different, way evolved, way more nuanced joke. Now it's a whole story. Yeah. It's not just a setup and a punchline. It's a whole story. And uh, that happened. I did do that thing that I said I did. Yeah, yeah. Did you really? Absolutely. That's the true part of that story. Did you? And so I talk- that actually is pretty true. But I mean, there's a lot. Like, you do resemble that dude. Also. Like you do that. have resemblance. Well, at the time, I didn't yeah. have hair and stuff. Yeah, right, <laughs> right, right. The beard was longer. Yeah. So I got family pictures coming up. It's probably the last ones for my parents. They asked me to please trim it down and clean it up for the thing.
0: Yeah, I don't. I noticed that you when you actually said that you were like people say I look like them, and I was like, kind of do. <laughs> and then and then you were like. Then you had jokes about that. Like that's what I was saying, you were ringing that thing out through that whole thing. You're like, you went there, then you were like, you had jokes there, and then it goes all the way to the big punchline at the end. And that's what I mean. Like, that's 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 what comedy turns into through the years. That's what a comedian does. In the beginning, you go up there, you have a joke, you tell it. You have another joke, you tell it. You have another mm-hmm. joke, you tell it. As you get older into the and, and more experience, you have a joke and that jokes your first fifteen minutes. You have a joke, that jokes your next fifteen minutes. If you can bring it out like that. You know, like we're not fifteen, I know fifteen is a but long a Chunk.
1: Time. You know what chunk. I mean? Maybe it's like that's what I do, like my dating stuff will go if I do it start to finish all the way, like starting from way back when I was single after my couple girlfriends ago left, <laughs> all the way to now, being not single anymore. Thank God. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's a good 15, maybe 20 minutes of material Oh no! Shame. just on my personal dating experience since I've been in my 40s. The other really weird thing about uh, like comedy, the difference between comedy out here in uh, northeast Ohio and out west in Albuquerque. Out in Albuquerque, I was off the plane for maybe three, three and a half hours, and I got kicked out of a bar by the bar owner for smoking pot in front of the club. <laughs> oh, you, were, you weren't used to that. No. You were used to getting kicked out here, here in Ohio, the owner's outside smoking with me. <laughs> and it's legal out there. They got recreational and everything in New Mexico. Was well, it just this one guy, you think, or was it just like a... Was well, just... I thought it was just that one guy. <laughs> and then
0: two days later, it happened again.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'm not even kidding. And you're smoking straight powder? Or are you smoking the... the I no, not my vape. They don't care about vape. I do vape inside all those places. They don't say nothing about a vape. It's legal but in New somebody Mexico? had a joint, and inevitably they want to give it to me because of that thing I say all the time, I believe in socialized medicine. That's about as political as I get on stage. I'll yeah. tell people I believe in socialized medicine. Yeah, right. So if anybody's going to be outside smoking any of that medicine, <laughs> be social and pass it to me, all right? <laughs> pass it to me, be social. So, yeah, it was just weird. I, I couldn't believe I got kicked out of two places in, like, two, three days. Are
0: these places you're working, or are these just places you're... They you're... were places
1: we were just hanging out, shooting some yeah, pool, yeah, yeah, killing yeah. time in between gigs, that type of stuff.
0: Speaking of pool...
1: Because so... I have a lot of fans and people that support me out there, so yeah, that's were... the beautiful thing about being an Albuquerque. You don't have to worry about hotels or nothing. I got a place to stay every time I'm out there.
0: Oh, so you don't have to worry about how you get put up out there. You get put up yeah. by, by family, friends, yep, and yep. stuff like that every time. Yeah, family, um, I forgot what the fuck I was just gonna say. <laughs> How it was on the tip of my tongue till I was ready.
1: Marijuana can affect the memory. Yeah, well, mar- talking about <laughs> marijuana makes me forget. <laughs>
0: um. Anyways, we'll come back to whatever. Oh, I know what I was gonna say. So, past alum uh, Arliss Walker from Southern Outlaws band and Tyrone Hornbuckle. Two, two, two of our. Of Love yeah, guys. Two of our favorites for sure. Um. Both of them recommended you when we were looking for comedians, and uh, so that's pretty big. You got uh, you got big shoes to fill there with them two guys. Eh, they saying. are
1: both great performers and great friends. I love them both. I have nothing but the utmost respect right. for the way they perform and the amount of effort they put into. I mean, they're not hobbyists; they are professionals. Yeah, they're like, what they do,
0: and they're super cool guys.
1: Super, cool yeah, like guys. like
0: really, really weirdly cool. Like you don't meet people. That are are
1: that talented and that down to earth at the same time. That that normal and regular and just human.
0: Yeah, I still talk to them all the time. Like I still you know chat, not talk, talk, but I still go back and forth to them all the time. Uh, Always happy to hear from me. Always genuine about it. Tyrone's super genuine guy. These guys push other people's stuff forward constantly. They're always promoting other people. Um, That's 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 what I love too, man. These, yeah, those are the real saw me,
1: he was a big supporter he was sharing a lot of my stuff but uh,
0: how do you know how do you know these guys so what, what's the affiliation how do you know I
1: met Ty Hornbuckle at a one-off open mic I was just out working some new material just getting a little practice in it was uh, not long after COVID finally stopped and we could get back out in public again and uh, that's where I met Ty he saw me the one time I just asked him if I could come out and bring some comedians, too, or if it was just a musical. He's like, no, that would be great. Bring some comedians. And the, all the uh, musical performers that night watched and laughed with every comedian that went up there that that's night. That's awesome. So a bunch of friends of mine came out. It was a really good time, and that's how I met Ty. And I've been to a few of his shows since. Yeah, he's a really great performer.
0: How about Arliss? How would you meet Arliss? Arliss I've known for sh-
1: 20 years probably from uh, playing pool, pool league back in Warren, Ohio, where we're from.
0: Oh yeah, yes. Yeah. So you guys grew up in the same kind of same area, is yep, that? And yep. that and that's... And he
1: was a sheriff for all those years, so it really weirded me out the first time he came outside and said, "Well, guys, I'm finally retired. Pass that shit to me." <laughs> that was pretty awesome. That was a special day. Yeah, yeah. I was like, "Holy cow!" Arliss is a lot more fun than I ever knew. <laughs> yeah, he has. A, he has. A, those. That's a special group of people. Yeah, Arliss is a tremendous person, great human being, good humanitarian. So, I believe in everything he's doing.
0: So you do get out, though, and you get to see some of the, the, the music that's out there and stuff like that. Do you ever go out and look at, watch comedy? Do you ever get out and just, just kind of watch who else is out there? And is, is there anybody that even, like, you think's funny where you're like, ah, yeah, I go out and see him because he makes me laugh?
1: I produce shows also. So what I'll do is sometimes go hit some uh, open mics and or competitions type things to, to see who's out there, what's going on, find a fresh face if I think they're for good. For that purpose more so. But uh, the shows I go, I don't usually, like, I haven't done a showcase in a long time. I don't really do like five, six, seven, eight comedians. I'll bring in myself usually as a host and a feature act for 20, 25 minutes and then a headliner that will do a solid 45 of very funny material. It's more of a professional-style show. Yeah, right, right, right. That's that's what people want to pay for anyway. I mean, people that are, like, if it's a good showcase, sure. I know a lot of people with very, very strong 10- and 15-minute sets. But at the same time, I don't know, switching comedians a lot seems to wear on an audience. They just get used to one guy, and then, okay, he gets pulled, and then it's the next guy. And they're just, I don't know. Yeah. some audiences can get weird about it. It's it's difficult to explain. No, I know I think something that comes with experience in the gig.
0: I think that goes with everything, music and everything. I think that you can't have too many bands at a festival. I think you can have too many comedians at a, at a thing like that. Like you said, uh, you know, when when I the, the, the times where I go to see comedians and stuff, I think the fact I saw Jim Norton. I'm tell you right now, that was one of the funniest things I, yeah, to this day. I, awesome. I, ever, I saw with the Funny Bone in Columbus was one of the funniest things I ever saw.
1: A lot of energy. Love his energy.
0: Yeah, and, and when I said I saw Jim Norton, I had a point to make,
1: and I completely forgot what the fuck that point <laughs> was. You knew him from opening Anthony, uh, so you didn't know exactly what to expect. Oh, then. fuck.
0: No, it's not true, actually. I didn't know him from I actually know how I knew him. He was making those little weird appearances on Jay Leno mm. for, like, for like a year or so. Like right before Jay Leno went off the air, he would pop on. And my mom watched Jay Leno, so I was hanging out with my mom at night da, 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 and watching TV, and he would come on. He was a lot cleaner, obviously, but he was funny, and he just looked funny. So mm-hmm. I went and seen him, and I don't know why I was telling you about that, but I will mm-hmm. tell you, Jim Norton was a funny motherfucking guy. Yeah. Maybe probably the funniest guy I ever saw a lot. Uh, oh, I know what I was going to say. When I go to see these, when, when you go to see them, every time I've gone to see a comedian, it was that format. So you have your host. He comes out. He, he does his, his few jokes that he does in the beginning. Tells you about what a great show he got coming up. Then you have your, 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 your lead person. And then your headliner comes out after that. And I don't think I would remember what I saw. Like I said, Joe... Jim Norton was great. I remember the, the I don't remember the name of the the per, but I remember her from the from the aspect that I, I kind of remember what she looks like and she was pretty funny. She had, she had some good jokes and stuff. If you would have had six comedians that day, I wouldn't remember probably any specific thing yeah. from all those people there. Right. And when and and you get so many different types of comedy, all of a sudden you're 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 settled in with this person and you're kind of digging it and because there's six of them, they get 10 minutes.
1: Exactly right.
0: And, and Yeah, I mean, that's a style
1: shift when you have enough time to digest the next guy and then take the ride. Yeah. It's like everybody doesn't do it the same. If you're lucky, (laughs) everybody you watch isn't doing it the same way. And that's what I've found, like in this area, especially. Like, there's a lot of the new up and coming guys that are just all doing the same stuff, just in a different way, but it's only slightly different. It's like not a lot of originality coming out right now.
0: Yeah. Well, it gets hard. I mean, I I can understand it becoming like a. a, a as time goes on, it's hard to find a, a new niche, a new something that someone hasn't tapped into. Now, what you say to me is pretty interesting because you say I my, my comedy is basically I talk about me. That's yeah.
1: basically what you do. Meet Michael go whenever.
0: Yeah, and and that's cool because that means that, to me that you have you must have very thick skin because oh, yeah. you're somebody who could easily laugh at yourself. I, otherwise, you, you wouldn't you possibly couldn't talk about yourself unless you had that thing. You, you so basically you make fun of yourself too. I mean, that's basically what you do, right? Oh I mean, yeah,
1: I've, I'm starting to make a decent career out of being an idiot
0: do you think do you think that a lot of people who try to get into comedy do you think comedy is one of them things where you first have to learn how to laugh at yourself and if you can't if you can't laugh at yourself do you think you could be good at what you do do you think people i mean do you, do you i'll think-
1: say yes only because i know some very thin-skinned comedians that i think are very good at what they do really and that is the thing about comedy like i really expected it to be a brotherhood, a fellowship, a camaraderie thing. A bunch of guys hanging out, screwing with each other, ribbing each other real good. A lot of comedians, very, very, very thin-skinned candy asses. Is that locally
0: or is that nationally?
1: Locally, especially, just because I've got more experience with these guys around here. And I right. won't name names. I, just, I was very surprised. And another thing is just how little self-awareness that people have. Self-awareness is just... Right. right out the door with some of these folks. They
0: don't even know what the hell they're like themselves. And that's because they don't watch themselves and videotape themselves. And that's where you can gain that self-awareness.
1: They're out there thinking they're killing, they're killing, they're killing, but not in the way you want to. Like, crowds are visibly yeah. pulling back from what you're saying. Maybe stop saying rape 42 times in five minutes, <laughs> you dick. God, quit screwing the room up for me, you jackass! <laughs> yeah,
0: right. It gets it, gets it weird. Yeah, it gets really it weird. weird.
1: Some and people it, just get upstage shit housed. I mean, drunk, 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 and it's awful. It's just a train wreck. It's terrible. So,
0: what do you think about the current climate with comedy and how it's changed over the last few months? I mean, it's, literally the last few months. I mean, it's it's literally made the whole Will Smith thing is 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 kind of brought it to the real forefront now that that kind of happened. I is it? I mean. I, listen, I, I, I get it. I've heard what you said, and I get it from your whole demeanor. You got a lot of moxie. You got a lot of balls. You can get up there. You can do it. Did this kind of make you a little nervous at all? None of this stuff at all?
1: None. No. no. My material, personally, it's just it's relatable to everybody because I'm talking about me. I'm a regular guy. I'm a blue-collar dude. I was raised by a blue-collar family. I mean, I'm a regular, everyday guy. I've never been a wealthy but I've never been. Well, I have been poor. I mean, since starting the comedy for sure, I've been poor. <laughs> it's a. Uh, if you want to go full time comedy, kids, prepare to love ramen, <laughs> peanut butter and bread. That's another staple, bro. I'm telling you, man. Starving artists for real. It's, it's hard to get paid, especially if you go full time. I mean, you don't make enough. You still got to be able to hustle on the side. But um. But you know, I. It doesn't affect me one way. And, and in another way, I'm kind of, I mean, I don't care how stupid you are. You're going to say something, or how good you are, or how smart you are. You're going to say something that's going to piss somebody off in a crowd.
0: Yes, because don't you think in this climate that there could be a person who has taken up the Michael Copenhaver cause... And wants to fight you for making fun of yourself.
1: I highly now, doubt what if it. That, and, and in this
0: climate, you don't think that's possible? Somebody be like, you motherfucker, don't make fun of yourself. And then they come up there and they start swinging and trying to tackle you.
1: Now, in this climate, you're right. It probably is possible. Yes. But I'm such an easy target. <laughs> I don't think anyone's going to no, stick <laughs> up for me. <laughs> I don't think I have to worry about any of that. Unless maybe it's my mom. Maybe my mom would. Man fights mom on stage. That's a really interesting yeah, take. Yeah, well. I like that a yeah. lot. <laughs> but, uh yeah, I really don't do anything too divisive, really, at that's all. Cool, I mean, man. I stay away from politics and religion. I really don't it's talk a good about thing. that stuff. It's a good like, thing, Like I will, I have a, a bit that I start off with. I'm going to get political with you guys for just a minute. Right. Just to watch people's buttholes pucker up. Yeah. But they're just jokes, and they have nothing to do with real politics. Like I said, that's how I talk about that. uh socialized medicine thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's another thing, like you were talking about earlier, uh, our crowd's divided like that. Sometimes you say stuff like that, and even though you know you're not really being political, they immediately hear political, and they're like, oh, who are we on? Whose side are we on or against? Whose side are we on or against? Yeah. They can't wait to cheer or boo Yeah, for right. so whatever you're about to say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I right. have seen that. I mean, not so much 50-50, but you know you got your 10 maniacs for them and your 10 maniacs for them and
0: yeah you you think that that's what happens now with you know that's a really good point so comedians now cuz i think people have now gotten to a point where they do that if there's a moment that comes up where you can now see who's who in the room like did he applaud or did he sneer oh well the sneer one he must be that party and the applaud one there and i think people are now looking for the reaction now to, to find out what where your where you stand and what better than, than in a comedy place where comedians can be very political and do very things. And do, do you think that people are doing that now in the crowd? Like, like instead of laughing, you hear a laughter and other people who laughed. You know, they, they would they, only these people would laugh at that joke.
1: And that's kind of why I stay away from it. I don't want to get just part of that crowd. I want everybody.
0: It just seems like a terrible way to do business. It divides things, right? <laughs>
1: I absolutely agree, and I, I could not agree more. But some people just cannot help but espouse their own belief yeah. through their comedy. And that's fine. Be you. Be as much you as you can possibly be. Right. But I just I don't believe that I have any kind of right to try to push what I believe on anybody. Right, right. And honestly, I mean, I'm, I'm a Carlinist. Yeah. So, like those. The, the politicians in Washington are an old, rich, white guy club for the most part. And they have neither your nor my interest in their best hearts. Yeah, that's true. And that's, I truly believe that. Yeah, that's I mean, that's, politics is stupid for me to be involved with because it's not for me. Yeah, right. It's for them. They're the only ones that it matters to they're going to do what they want. It doesn't matter what the constituents want. That's another story for another day. I don't want to talk about that crap. It's no fun. It's no fun to know how much it sucks and there's nothing you can do about it. You know what I mean?
0: I, do, I, I totally know what you mean.
1: It's so frustrating. Are,
0: are, so when you, right, that's why I'm going to change the subject completely. <laughs> I change gears. <clears throat> so, before when you were talking about you, your you're more popular out of state, you love your Buckeye state, you love this. How I, you're not really from Cleveland, so to speak. Do you? Are you into, into sports at anything like that? I mean, are you a football fan? Da, da, da. Now, some of the people out that live out that way are Steelers fans because there is kind of like you're caught out there in the middle between the two. Which way did you go, or did it neither? Was it neither, Browns, Steelers, or I mean, even Philadelphia is over here somewhere. I mean,
1: I'm an Ohio had, native.
0: Who, who the fuck wants to be a Philadelphia fan?
1: And like real Ohio natives, I bleed Scarlet and Gray first. Okay, and I bleed Orange and Brown second. That's what I like to hear.
0: And that's kind of my. It's actually, it's kind of how I am too. And that's. But I, I will say this: I, I'm, I'm up front. I'm a Fairweather motherfucking fan. I mean, <laughs> no, I, I, oh yeah, I see. I am. I'm a hundred percent that. So, so the Buckeyes are are at the top of my list because they're successful. They give me wins during the seasons. I don't have to worry. It being a brown and orange,
1: fuck. You know what I mean? I do know exactly what you mean. Fuck. For for a couple of years, I was trying to work on some Browns material. But I couldn't do anything or say anything funnier than what those morons were doing every <laughs> yeah, Sunday. Yeah,
0: you, they, were, they were the best comedian in Cleveland <laughs> for
1: like, a long man, time. Man, how are you going to punchline it like that on <laughs> Sunday and then expect me to open like it on Tuesday? Yeah, people have I already laughed it out. They're laughed out already. You can't- yeah, it was rough for a long time, but you know, you, you still do it. This guy, I worked at uh, GM years ago. The Browns were terrible for 20-plus years. You know how it was. Oh, yeah. And he was a diehard Steelers guy. And he came up to me one day on the line. The line was down. He said, hey, man, it's really easy to be a Browns fan. And I was like, what the hell are you talking about, you jerk? It's painful. It is. He says, it's easy because you can quit watching football in October. <laughs> we have to watch his Steeler fans all the way into into February. Yeah, and he does so that, that was a great joke to me.
0: But he's a clueless fucking guy because none of us people were ever smart enough to stop watching. That was the, that <laughs> was that uh, the th- yeah. That was the problem was as Pat's a diehard diehard sickeningly diehard Browns fan, and this <laughs> last year was the first year I ever heard him say I'm retiring. No, I wanted a divorce. Oh yeah, you wanted a divorce. That's what he said. I wanted a divorce. I'm done. And then they start. They get Watson. And you're like, ah, we, we're going to reconcile. <laughs> a lot of folks
1: didn't like that Deshaun Watson move because yeah. of his, you know, stuff going on. Yeah,
0: it's a, it's a very touchy subject. We've we've talked about it a little bit, but it's one of them things where it becomes divisive. You know, and it's so stupid that that becomes divisive because uh, one of the things we were talking about, we did a we did a live feed from a, a draft party, Browns backers this year, just a couple a month ago, not even a couple weeks ago, and. Uh, one of the things we were talking about was back in the day, we're all enough to remember back in the day, even when Sype was a was quarterback, I remember when Sype was a quarterback. So you you would have the team would be constructed and you just fucking liked whoever was on the team.
1: Yeah. There and was none then, of this
0: shit. The, there was none of this stuff where, well, Baker, yes, Baker, no. no that didn't exist. When we got Kozar, if you were in Cleveland, you loved Bernie Kozart. No, right. you, you didn't meet anybody that would be like, well, I don't really know about Bernie. If you did, you, you punched
1: him. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? It was <laughs> But back then, it was before free agency totally screwed football up for me. Yeah. You could love a team, and it'd be the same team three, four, five years in a row. Maybe one or two pieces move here and there. Yeah. Now you're rooting for players. For, it's like because college. Because they stick around for three, four years. Yeah. They're just bouncing all over the league now it's, for the most money. It's, it's become, awful.
0: It's become like college football. You get, you get two or three years. With like with a guy, and then he's got to another team, and now you got to root against them
1: and all that kind of shit. Or well, only on the week he's there. So I, I like players. Like if you're a good player and somebody I could have got behind, I really like the way your style was, especially yeah. off the field. Like there's very few players these days you can really be okay yeah. about. Yeah, because there's so much shenanigans going on. Football is such a shady business now.
0: Well, you know, I guess one of the things that have really made it you come out about it is when you know you hear about people p- talking about when watson gets paid 230 million dollars they're like oh that's just too much money well you know a lot of ways to look at that right i mean like it's a lot of fucking money to pay anybody for anything i agree but
1: should jimmy haslem get it all there you go
0: and and and, and my thing is it, it's brought out the fact that this is the kind of money that's in in this sport it's there yeah somebody somebody gets it the, the problem isn't the fact that they're paying these guys. The problem is the fact that we're willing to pay 100 and some dollars for one ticket for one game, and when you add all that up and watching these stupid commercials, that's what they, get, that's what they make. It, it doesn't matter that they're not working harder than you or your husband or your wife or your kid or whoever. It doesn't matter. And so, yeah, he's worth it because right. I, think, I, think, I think that entertainment is just a, a, a big business when you're at the top. Yeah, That's what it is, and that's it the way it should be. Yes,
1: I mean, why should it be the producer that makes all that money? It's stupid. If you are an actor that brings that kind of audience, you deserve a huge chunk of money. Like yes. when people started making twenty dollars or twenty million dollars per picture, and yes. people were losing their minds over that.
0: But they're still going to the movies. Like you they're said, paying.
1: What's what's why not that guy? Why yes. not him? Yes. Why should it just be? The freaky producers who are hanging out on Epstein Island on Saturday nights to get all that money.
0: Yeah, are there any comedians you watch that are that are at the top where you just watch them and you're like, what the fuck? Like, why is that dude? Why is she? Why is he? I mean, like, I know you don't want to like, but I won't th- out anybody. I get. know,
1: but I mean, like, like here's something I've definitely noticed: it's not always the funniest guy who gets the best opportunities. Yeah. It's not always the funny. You story. know, I it's never thought Seinfeld
0: was that funny. You know, like I'm going to tell you the truth. I never thought Jerry Seinfeld was a very funny comedian ever. But Jerry Seinfeld had one of the greatest shows. Everyone else on that show was absolutely hilarious, but he, he, even on the show, Jerry was seldom the funny guy on the show, and and his stand up was never. I mean, when you watch Bill Burr...
1: It was kind of dad-jokish. Very, very everyday observatory type of things... Yes. ...that just anybody can relate to. Very, very vanilla. And yes. that's probably why you didn't like it.
0: Yeah, and it just it would always annoy me that... But but you know he's making million dollars an episode at that time it was unbelievable how much money they were paying those guys and and so I I would think like if I was in that profession there are certain guys that would just annoy the shit out of me when I'm watching them and stuff and and then there's some people that are out there doing that are hilarious
1: that, off the air I'll t- I'll name a couple names yeah
0: yeah 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 yeah, <laughs> yeah
1: we we won't keep the cameras rolling <laughs> <laughs>
0: and uh, so. What do you got coming up? Like, are, are you going to be? Uh, is there somewhere I could see you? Like, if I wanted, you know, after I watch this, there's a, is there a place I can go watch you? And uh
1: if you go to my website, all these dates will be there for sure with places. Uh, in June, I can't remember the date. It's not, I, I, I know I didn't. Put so, it but it's book. all you
0: got it all posted. Yeah, on Yeah, the yeah, website. it's on my
1: website, MichaelCobaineverComedian You can find everything there. But in June, in June, I'm doing a headline set at the uh, Voodoo Brewery. That's over by Pittsburgh somewhere, somewhere in that Pittsburgh area. Uh, in July, I'm headlining down in beautiful Charleston, West Virginia. That's in July. I think that's July 16th. I'm pretty sure in August, August 20th, I will be at the B2B Garden Brewery in August. Gorgeous Albuquerque, New Mexico. My <laughs> future home. I cannot wait. You do love it. I love it. I cannot wait to get there again. Uh Slow there last time. I'm working with a really great guy named Chuck Parker out there. And uh Kurt Fletcher, uh Zach Abeda, some really, really funny guys on uh, New Mexico. Check those guys out if you're out there.
0: Are you are you into the whole like uh Rogan and uh that whole clan of comedians? Uh, do you do are you ever are you, are you familiar, I familiar? Mean, I know you're familiar. with
1: I them. know who they are. Yeah, but I, 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 I'm not I, in with any of them.
0: Not in with them. I'm not saying that. But do you watch them? Or do you ever do you ever watch stuff like that? You ever I watch, do. like Rogan's podcast. I watch the and specials.
1: Nah, I don't really have time for podcasts. Honestly, I watch them here and there, but I work a lot. I'm constantly writing or doing something or on the phone chasing something.
0: But do you are you so? But are you aware that he's he's building his own comedy club down and yeah? So. What do you think about that? I mean, like, I mean, you're talking about moving to Albuquerque and stuff like that. What about what about that? I mean, like, have you ever considered moving to Texas or anything like that to join up with that whole posse? Does it's does a that lot of
1: people are already doing that. Yeah. Austin, Texas, is the new so, comedy mecca. So is that what? It, so many people are already moving there.
0: Yeah, that's a problem in a way, isn't it?
1: Why become it's just, a you, you, you nameless become, face in a great big sea of a whole bunch of up and coming comedians? Yeah. You
0: become a guitarist in L.A. in the '80s. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and it's like it's like. I mean, that. if you
1: can rise to the top out there, more power to you. But I just I don't know. I'm looking for more of a fast track.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah.
1: So I'm gonna go where I can make the most impact.
0: Well, that makes sense, I guess. You know, when I when I think and about even though it, there's a out. lot of
1: really funny people in Albuquerque. I'm not saying it's a suck area. Yeah. But I mean, I know I'm strong out there already. I have a following in the area already. I made a name for myself on that tour out there already last year. Shit, in October last year, I was in Wise Guys Comedy Club downtown Las Vegas on the same show as Paulie Shore. Nice. I know you know Paulie Shore. What's up, Bob? And he liked me so much, he talked about me on stage for a minute and referred to my material and did some of his own material in the same vein. Uh, Bill Squire from WMMS.
0: Yeah, Bill He's, Squire. I
1: got a five-minute guest spot on one of his shows at the uh, Funny Stop in Cuyahoga Falls. And he said, "I can't remember his last name, and I don't think I could pronounce it even if I did." <laughs> Watch out for that guy; he's really something <laughs> else. I was just like floored that the headliner walked up and talked about me on stage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was just saying, I mean, I've gotten kudos. I'm a, a, comedians that know comedy like me and understand that I'm good at what I'm doing, and they all ask me, "Where are you going to be next? What are you doing? What are you doing?" It's like, uh, not enough. Yeah, <laughs> How <right>. about you <laughs> take me somewhere? And they're like, hey, I'm not really looking for a coat tailor today. Is it, so it, 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 it's a fight, you, it's a struggle, and would, I'm would a you jump on anything at
0: this point? Would you just? Would, is there, do you have limitations? Are you like? Well, no, nah. yeah,
1: I'm not jumping on just anything. I know what I'm worth. Going out west last year really taught me what I've got and what I bring to the table. Now it costs you money to see me. You're not going to catch me on a free show unless I'm doing a favor for a friend or I'm doing one of many many charitable events. I donate my time to.
0: I'm not even really talking about that, but I, I okay, I see what you're saying. But I'm talking about like if if. Are you are you are you all in? If the moment when the moment comes, are you ready to to like you know? If someone says, "Hey Matt, I really like you," and let's just say Bill Burr, let's just let's say he he's like, you know what? I am going to take you
1: on tour. Yeah, and we're going to go tomorrow. on a, it's going to yep. be lengthy. It's yep. gonna you are ready. I'll right cancel now. everything I already have because that's Bill Burr, and everybody I know that I am that's booking me will understand that. Right? <laughs> do you <laughs> that's have that's do you- all I need? I mean, put me in front of a crowd. That's all I need. See me once, and then tell me. I don't know what I'm doing up there, and I'm not damn good at it. I
0: can't. Right, right. right, right.
1: Not a lot of people can say that. I believe in me a lot because I know I should. Yeah. I've seen what I can do. Too many cities, too many different places. I kill.
0: All right. I'm going to change the subject for one second because there's just a couple things that just dawned on me that I wanted to ask you. People who grow up on the border, over I consider that the border, by the way. That's to me that you live. It is. I'm like
1: 20 minutes from PA.
0: So... Are, 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 Pennsylvanians like assholes? I mean, like, are, are like, like, no. I mean, like, okay, they're not. So, like, I mean, I mean, I'm serious though, like.
1: People are people everywhere you go.
0: Here, <laughs> here,
1: here, okay. I can, I can say this with great confidence about all of America. I've been pretty much everywhere. Yeah. I used to think three out of five people was a complete freaking retard. They're not? Complete and total dolt, moron, idiot. Right. Then I realized after traveling a whole lot, I was underselling it. It's four, four out of five. five. <laughs> four out of five. But that fifth person is worth worth waiting through all those other crap people. It's
0: still it's still. And what, they're 20%? everywhere.
1: A lot of people that are really great folks out there. They're everywhere. Yeah. They can. Take your sports rivalry and not give a damn. I know. I,
0: okay, I, right.
1: I give people a lot it's of like grief Michigan. for it. Like I do, uh, I tell you, I host other events and things like that. And just the other night, uh, there was people with the Steelers crap on, and I called them dirty, 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 dirty Steelers people. <clears throat> and on their score sheet, they turned in and said, we are not from Ohio. <laughs> so, of course, I screwed with them the rest of the night about being dirty, dirty Steeler oh, people. yeah. Especially since they're not Buckeye folk.
0: Well, what about Michigan? Don't you have a problem? Do you ever do, you ever do a gig in Michigan?
1: Now that's different. Well, will you go <laughs> the, into Michigan? Yes, and I have. And I love the crowds. Really? It's a lot of fun. But uh, I do get the hell out of Michigan ASAFP every time I'm there. Are Michigan people, is a different place. Yes,
0: it is. Are, are people in Michigan intelligent enough to laugh at your jokes? I mean, yeah. yeah, yeah. They are, There's they, a lot of
1: smart cookies up there. because there? I mean, there's a whole bunch of real... Real stupidity, but that's everywhere. It really is everywhere you go. You cannot get away from stupid. Stupid and, is bread, and it daily. seems like
0: oh, it seems like it's a, it's a plague that's <laughs> just growing and growing and growing. It is a plague. I love when I get messages, and I forget to turn my phone off i did i'm a professional i know <laughs> oh, i'm far from that <laughs> but it but it is it is it does seem like stupidity is is growing in, in a way that's unbelievable
1: and and it, well that couples with what you were talking about people like come running up on the stage now that's a new thing it's That's becau- like the new pu- the new meme yeah let's charge the stage i'm gonna show them i care and I sure hope that happens to me someday. Is that, are you I, I ready will, for Obi Wan Kenobi? That motherfucker. Are you? I have a lightsaber, Anakin. Wow. Pow! And I got a heavy ass microphone stand. <laughs> I don't hold the mic in my hand. I use the stand. I stand still. Do you travel I, I with a mic stand, stand? In the pocket. I have my own for my own my own gigs, no but kidding. I don't travel with one now. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah Every yeah, place usually has a mic stand. Yeah, well, yeah. When there's not a mic stand, it really irks me. I don't like holding the mic. No, I use my hands. It's it's a whole thing, man. I've been working this act for two years. Plus, that I've that. been dialing it in by a stand-up, stand-still comedian. I don't like running around all over the stage and being distracting like that. I don't need to pace back and forth. It's off-putting.
0: You like one single point? And you're, yeah, and, and then I then I then.
1: Just, I'll just i scan the room from there because I'm looking at every face in that place. And if i got a scowler... I am working that scowler like nobody's business. And as soon as I get that smile, I'm, I'm pointing it out. Ah, I got gotcha. <laughs> you. Yeah. It took a while. Four jokes in. But what the hell did you even come here for? If you're going to have a good time, let your face know it.
0: Yeah. Why do you think people show up to comedy things to not laugh? They, I already, mean, I get- they
1: already had the ticket, and, you know, it just so happened. They're... Uh, you know, drug dealer couldn't get them all that weed that they wanted to get,
0: <laughs> so they ended up going to to watch some comedy that they didn't want to go to. Because oh, I God. noticed that there's people out there that, that, that almost look like they're, they're fighting it,
1: like like they're literally trying not to laugh. I have learned not to ask these people too many questions about why. I'll just make fun of it real quick and then dive right oh, out of it. I'm not. It yeah. you're not becoming part of the show. You depressing mother. <laughs> no, no, no.
0: <laughs> you don't. You don't let them get that. No, much. no, no, no,
1: no. But once you point them out. And usually say that line about letting their face know it, then they'll they'll loosen up from there. Usually, now but you re- got to get that first smile first. You can't point out that they're scowling because then it annoys them that you're pointing out oh, that they're yeah. scowling. Yeah. But you point out something positive. Oh, I got you to smile. Now they're a little more lighthearted about it. You just got to, man. It comes with experience. That's well, all I'm saying. I can work. I can work a room. With.
0: Well, and the thing that's cool about oh, doing those cool. rooms that's kind of neat is that because because it's there's not a thousand people in there and it's kind of like they're at tables and it's kind of like you know it could be it could be crowded believe me like I said I, went, I saw Jim Norton it was really crowded but yeah. but you can kind of see uh, all the faces and you can kind of see everybody's kind of visible in front of you so I guess what I'm gonna ask is while you're up there do you notice like like okay this little faction of people over here these are the fucking drinkers I'm a, I, I know like I, and so you know yeah. what's going on over there definitely do, do you separate the crowd oh, yeah. out uh, over time and then oh, yeah. and then kind of like play to all that stuff so the crowd becomes like a tool also to the whole entire thing right
1: that's right when another comedian's on like in front of me I'm watching the room I'm watching their behavior I'm seeing who likes what jokes who's doing what like you said these tables a drinker. So that table's got – got something special for them later on if they get a little bit rowdy. Right. Uh, I've got stories to tell for people that are talking way too much and way too loud about how I don't do well with hecklers and that will bring that room right around. I mean, I have learned how to command an audience. that's They're going to do exactly what I want them to do. This takes
0: time, though. This took time. It sure did. Yeah, 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 yeah. A
1: lot of hours, minute at a time learning. I'm telling you, every single minute on stage is more important than I spent in college.
0: So you think, do you think that this is what makes comedians just completely weirder than everybody else is that there's so much? It's like, isn't it like baseball in a way? Like we're where a 300 average is Hall of Fame in baseball, where comedians, you got to fail seven out of ten times to actually be able to like do this thing. Or, or do you feel no?
1: No. I don't believe you got to fail seven out of ten times. Uh, I was nowhere failing at that kind of rate at any point, even right out of the gate. Do you diverse.
0: Have you seen other guys where they've yes, become successful yes. later on, though?
1: No. So, so well, There's been a couple guys that were really rough to watch, really rough to watch, that now I have nothing but the utmost respect for how yeah. far they've come and that they started really taking it seriously. But that's the thing. When they were rough... It wasn't serious. You no, know, they were going up on stage all jacked up on whatever. It's like if you're taking it serious, you don't go up on stage messed up. Yeah, right. I mean, you got to do it mostly sober. Yeah. I mean, I'll have a couple of beers. I'm definitely hitting my medicine. You know. <laughs> yeah. It is what it is. But I won't go up there shit housed. I mean, I did it once on accident. It just sort of happened. Yeah, right. I understand. And uh, yeah, it w- did not go well, and I've never done it since. Yeah. I mean, I learned my lesson one time, but it was a free show. That was. Back in the learning days, yeah. If you're a gonna lot more partying, if you're gonna fuck it up, now, uh, for yeah, you. yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm two beers in at most before I hit that stage. Yeah, take one with me on stage, because when you're really enjoying a long laugh break, nothing like drinking a beer and drinking in that laughter at the same time. Oh my <laughs> god! Do you ever do that? Better that, than sex.
0: I bet. So, so like, if when you rip one off, it's a, and it goes over well, and everyone's laughing. Is that when you grab the barriers, like? Hell yeah.
1: Exactly right. That's that victory sip. Yeah. Nice. It's like, enjoy it, brother. You are killing it, but you knew you were going to anyway. All right, now back to the game. Where so, are we hitting them next? And so, then I just, the way my stuff flows, it's a really nice set, the way I have it built right now. And uh, I'm working it the same way every time now. I've got my stuff dialed in. I mean, these jokes are as finished as I think I'm going to work on them.
0: So are you ready to start moving on from that point, then, and once no. that happens? No.
1: Once, <laughs> once I tape it, yes. But Sorry. I'm nowhere near famous enough to sell, sell a headline tape. So Not yet. Why should I do that? I'm what done. what I'm gets gonna you there? I'm going to keep working. Well, first off, I've got to be headlining clubs from here to L.A. Okay. And I'm not headlining clubs from here to L.A. yet. I got yet. you. I got I've you. got some headline spots under my belt. Uh, no headlines at an actual comedy club yet. Got you. But I am featuring at the uh, Four Corners Comedy Festival. That's at the end of September, early October, right there in that last weekend. Uh, that's out in beautiful Durango, Colorado. I'm really excited about that. Got that for my tour last year. That was a lot of fun. So I mean, I'm making bounds. I'm making every year. It gets better than the last. So by the time this year is over, next year I'm going to be getting headline spots in clubs, or at the very least, headliners that are doing club spots are going to bring me along so I can get feature time and experience and relationships with these club owners to come out again on my own.
0: Is that, is that what part of it is, too, though? You've got to have go somebody those...
1: in your corner that's already there. If yeah. it's not a booker or an owner, it's got to be a headliner somewhere that likes you enough to take you on the road with them.
0: That's how it happens.
1: That is how it happens. Okay. <laughs> I've taken a couple of classes for, like, the business of comedy. I'd, I've never taken a comedy class other than, like, the business side of comedy. How do you get booked? What do you do to do better than this and that? Not how to write jokes and shit. I think if you had to take a comedy <laughs> class, and maybe comedy wasn't for you to begin with. Yeah, right. But more power to you, feeding money into that local economy. But... uh <laughs> Honestly, that's how Yeah, you like, are. Bro, that's what you're if doing. If that's you, about if you all. feel like you need to take a class to start doing stand-up, eh, yeah. you're probably not stand-up. But the, the class, tail.
0: the class. if you're going to take something for comedy, it's not yeah, about Yeah, it, not it not was like jokes. a business side of yeah, class. Yeah, right,
1: and right, right, right. I spent 50 bucks to talk to a traveling headliner in this in his business of comedy class, and the only question I wanted to ask was, how the heck do you get into clubs? And his answer was this. Find a headliner that really likes you and takes you with him. That's the best way to do it. <laughs> That's great. So I said, basically, Thanks. you're telling me get lucky? He's like, N-h-h-h. I was like, God damn it. Yeah, I, I was them. looking for the golden ticket answer. Yeah, right. No, but I made some really good relationships from that class that I still uh, ex- you know, work with today. Uh, very funny guy I like to work with, uh, Mike Meadows. I met him at that class. And we still laugh to this day about that. Oh, that's the day that we met. We were we're tight. I mean, we talk a lot. We work together a lot. A lot of fun. I work with uh, Will Hopkins a lot. He's out of Cleveland. Really, really funny guy. You've never heard of uh, the great Spike McCulley, my comedy partner. We're writing. Uh, I was just telling you a little bit ago. We uh, have a full script. We're meeting with a guy in a couple of Sundays about shooting maybe this summer. So, ooh, boy, yeah, tell
0: me a little bit about that. A little bit. So you got you got you got a script, a comedy script um,
1: for a full length feature film. Uh, we've shared some scenes with folks, and like I was telling you, the, the best compliment we got so far was one person said, those two scenes make this seem like it might be as, just as, every bit as funny as Happy Gilmore.
0: Yeah, and so would you be starring in something like this also? Would you be in it?
1: And that's the plan. Uh, my partner and I, that we wrote the part for me. <laughs> uh, the title's called Pool Boy. <laughs> Without giving too much away, uh, back in the mid-'90s, I was a superstar pool boy. We're gonna have my son, who is basically my clone, at that perfect age now to play young me. Oh, excellent! And then uh, we're gonna fast forward. He's had some ups and downs, and now this is what you get. <laughs> yeah.
0: I'm thinking. I'm thinking. Somehow, I'm thinking this is gonna lead to some kind of like porn thing.
1: No, no, this no, doesn't. doesn't go I, there. You will. I, spoiler alert: <laughs> You will see all of this stuffed into a speedo, <laughs> and I've already done some speedo work. With full oiled down body, we were playing some wrestlers in a short sketch. We did you did. have
0: to oil it to get the speedo on, or did you just oil it, <laughs> it?
1: It was a medium. Nice. I felt really weird about it. I mean, dude, well, it was, so, you're it not was like- so small, and I do have oh, I see, abnormally large balls. <laughs> it looked like weird flaps coming out the side, like you had some
0: camel toe, like, like, like yes, yes,
1: like a <laughs> dude. It was, it was like. Weird wrinkly creepy labia just flying out the sides of a speedo. And that's oh, all true. Man, I I have dude. no shame. I will tell you anything you want to hear. It was
0: labia. That is great. I haven't heard yeah, the word was, labia in fucking long time.
1: It was awful. <laughs> Ah, so th- did you but guys? Was fun. <laughs> but did you
0: guys write your balls into the script? Is the is the real thing? I mean, like if you know, like when they when they well, I mean, like why not? If they are they're we gonna, bought
1: bigger speedos. Is they, what we did <laughs> because we wanted to put it on YouTube and not get banned for life. Oh, yeah, yeah, that sucks. See, yeah, they, you can find that on YouTube. It's called the Wrestlers, I think wrestlers hd maybe i can't remember the name of the title and this is uh, something you, you, you did you guys put this up there? yeah me and my partner the great spike McCulley. we uh wrote it and put it together in one afternoon you can also find a uh, paranormal period that one's like 11 minutes long It was our first long sketch that we worked with and our uh, good buddy marco torres helped us out with that one he's so much fun to work with too
0: so you guys are doing like little skits you're doing some no, no 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 so cub
1: scouts doing? do skits <laughs> Comedians do sketches, sir.
0: Sketches, yes.
1: Don't make me get my white glove out and slap you with that (laughs) shit.
0: So you guys were doing, but you were doing comedy sketches, and you were, and you were, so you were writing them out, putting them out. Did you guys have to go get props and stuff and that? that
1: Paranormal period ended up eleven minutes long. We started out with a three to four minute idea on that. And then, like, nine hours of shooting later, we just kept expanding on the idea and just, in the moment, had a blast shooting it. It's got a lot of flaws. I mean, we haven't been doing much video work. Why why did you stop, though?
0: Why? Just because it's just...
1: A lot of different things. Uh, My partner and I have never never been stronger, never had an issue, but uh, he had a lot of personal life stuff going, almost died. Uh, We just... I wasn't pushing him to get back to work. I got you. He had some serious life shit happening. I got you. But now he's back, and, uh, yeah, we might be... uh, Doing some major shooting soon on that project for Pool Boy. Um, we're working on developing a hidden camera TV show type thing. Uh-huh. So watch so- for that. That's going to be a heck of a lot of fun. I'll make sure to send you those videos, some raw footage for you to play around and, and mess with. That's oh, going to be hell yeah, man. so much fun. Yeah. I would tell you the premise, but I don't want to ruin it for the listeners. You got it. You're gonna. You're gonna trust me. You're going to pee yourself with laughter. It's yeah. gonna be hilarious.
0: Not only that, but if you tell us the premise and it's a good premise, yeah, if, someone got, else if is you're not do fast it. enough, <laughs> next week it'll be yeah. someone else's premise. Yeah,
1: yeah. We know all about that too. But a lot of projects, a lot of irons in the fire. Uh, stand up is always first and foremost. I mean I'm never gonna quit stand up. I don't care if this movie takes off. I no. just don't care. I'm never gonna stop doing stand up. So that
0: do you think that's the, the secret to this that's the secret sauce to success with comedians is you just don't give up. I mean, like I mean, like if you if you if you seriously never ever ever give up, eventually something's bound to break.
1: Even if you think you suck at it, I mean, I've seen people that aren't that great that are doing a whole lot of stuff. It happens. Yeah, yeah. It's wild. (laughs) It really is. It really is. When opportunity knocks, take it, grab it. Especially if you're ready for it. Now, if you know you're not ready, do yourself a favor. You know what I mean. Pass it up for now. Yeah, work on make yourself because do you, I mean, like when you, you get that first big stage, if you don't kill it, it's gonna set you back. Yeah, and, I was ready for mine. Well, but I was and, really, really ahead of the curve. Like I said, I went
0: for whatever reason, though. You have that ability to just step out, and it's obvious you're a highly extroverted type person where you don't you don't have a lot of reservations. No. You don't get that horribly nervous feeling. no, you know? I mean, and I'm, I get I,
1: anxious. I'm excited. about I'm it. I'm very much like you in that yeah. way
0: where I I can. Just sit down and start doing things, and I don't get like over all oh, God. Um, but t- to be a comedian, God, you really got to be like that. I mean, I mean, I, I would think so because you know, you- like you said before, you go up there when you when you kill it, man. That's the greatest feeling in the world. But I can imagine bombing being like the worst feeling. It really is right next to it. You know, it and-
1: really is. Yeah, and and so I bombed a handful of times, and every single time, I mean, it's. Getting back up there though yeah. the—it's
0: like man, I gotta go. You now start you're gonna go do it again second guessing
1: yourself. It's like man, how yeah. did all these jokes fail tonight? Yeah. When they've worked so many other times, what did I do wrong? Did I lose it overnight? What is going? I mean, do you really, really yeah. get inside your own head after a bomb, especially if you've had a lot of experience with successes. That bomb really kicks you in the face. <laughs> all right. Well, I think we're out of time. I think we're, yeah,
0: I do. I think we're completely out of time right now. I got got
1: more gas in the tank. Let's do another one. We're going to have to come back with you, bring you back, man. I would love to come back. This is a lot of fun, Brian. A lot of fun. I appreciate it. Pat, great work with the sound effects. Yeah, he's caught (laughs) me by surprise. Pat. He
0: caught me me by surprise. I was like, what the
1: hell? Nice.
0: (laughs) Um, Yeah, man. Excellent, excellent time. Glad you came down. I appreciate it a lot. if you see Michael Copenhaver is playing at a place near you, or if your wives just want to get out and go my see website. the website, yeah. yeah. Um, but check out... Uh, Level Up Cleveland. Shut the fuck up.
1: <laughs> <laughs> the fuck is he got to do that for? And me? I have to tell you, you have been doing great with my name. So many people fuck it up. Oh, no. You have been doing great with it. That's, I'm so happy.
0: I'm going to tell you how I remember your name. The most fucked up thing you ever hear. Because Copenhagen is where Lars Ulrich from Metallica comes from. <laughs> and so I can remember Copenhagen just because of that for some fucked up reason. And then I just know that it doesn't end that way. Interesting. Yeah. I Trust me. I tell you. That's the number one mispronounced. Bizarre. I get.
1: Bizarre. <laughs> all right. Make sure you. Which, what's the website again? MichaelCopenhaverComedian.com for all your Michael Copenhagen needs.
0: There you go. And he does voices, too. All right. If you don't get it from there, you can come check out levelupcleveland.com. We always have everything you know. We'll have his links up there. You can either link to his website from our website or link to the episode. When it comes out, you know how it all goes if you've been on the website before. But that is it. We are out of time. Say bye, Michael.
1: Goodbye, everybody. That was a lot of fun, brother. I can't wait to see you again.
0: Thanks, man.